0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with coaches Skip Hill, Andrew Berry, and myself, Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com use our code think on high quality carbohydrates everything from highly branched dextrin to carbo load which is like I think you can get uh 15 servings for 10 bucks it's ridiculously cheap 50 grams per serving um we're also brought to you by supplementsource.ca for our canadians they have great deals that change week to week brought to you of course by you guys at patreon thank you very much for all your support and i've got a bunch of patreon questions today um And, of course, we are brought to you by BodyBerry.com, TeamSkip.com, McNallyDiets at Gmail.com. We'd be happy to talk to you about coaching. Um, So, I don't even know where this question is. I'm just going to basically paraphrase it. We had a guy who said, is there any place for insulin in men's physique division? And I'm going to translate that a little bit to be, you know, do you have to be... A super heavyweight, three hundred pound bodybuilder, uh, eating a thousand grams of carbs carbs to to make benefit of insulin, or is is there uh, some some type of a middle ground where you're you know you, you you don't you aren't that far, but you could still get benefit from it? I thought this would be a great topic. I know we get a lot of people that ask this.
1: Fifteen years ago, probably not, but the muscularity of that division is you know, has obviously grown and progressed over the years. So it's a no brainer. Of course, take all the insulin you want to take and then add carbs on top. But is there, <laughs> is there
0: benefit? You know, cause it used yeah, to be thought the thought was like, well, if you're not eating a thousand grams of carbs, you don't need insulin. Uh, the assistance of exogenous insulin, your body's doing everything it needs. If you're say
2: eating a hundred grams of carbs, but everything's relative, right? Right. Like 130 pound bikini athlete, eating three to 400 grams of carbs is very comparable to a 265 75 pound guy eating a thousand grams of carbs and where i'm going with this is that why does it matter what division you're in if you're using it for a specific purpose you know but regardless you know of of the body weight the the amount of calories coming in etc i don't think there's a differentiation as to like oh only super heavyweight male bodybuilders or Top IFBB pros should be using insulin because the physiology is the same. It's not like insulin does something magic to a large male that it wouldn't do to a smaller male or to a smaller female in that respect. And I say that because I use insulin with almost every division, whether it's men's physique, uh, bikini, even. You know, some people, I've used, and, and I'm sure Skip has too, I've used insulin with Gen Pop women who are 140 pounds that are, they have no hopes of ever getting on stage, but we're using it for a specific purpose. Maybe we're using it on a very high carb day. Maybe we're using it to bypass some of the sensitivity issues because we want to keep on feeding them at a particular time. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of reasons why, but it's not like this, this one drug is specific to a certain demographic. Would you guys agree or disagree?
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, the, the first statement that you made was, I think the most important one, it it's relative. It's, the division doesn't matter whether it's uh, someone who is just starting out in men's physique or doesn't have necessarily an advanced level of muscularity versus, you know, someone who's starting out in bodybuilding and has the same situation. Um, I don't, the only difference I think between you and I with the insulin statement with Gen Pop is I don't tend to work with as many, when it comes to Gen Pop, I'm like 90% guys. That doesn't mean that I won't and haven't, you know, and don't work with gen pop women. Um, But usually my women are competitors or they're, they're a little bit more advanced than gen pop. Uh, So I haven't, I can't think of a gen pop female client that I've used insulin with, but it certainly, depending on the situation is certainly possible. And, and maybe I have, it's just not enough for me to remember. Worked with a lot of people for, I can't remember what I ate for breakfast. So there's that. (laughs)
0: I saw Brandon has a question for us. I'm going to just let him know. Uh, he said he's only here on his break. We'll try to get to that question. So listen back to the uh, the recorded version. So let me ask you then, what is insulin doing for us? What is an exogenous insulin going to do for somebody, Andrew? Um,
2: you know, To try to explain this a little bit further. It's a storage hormone, right? It pushes things into the cell, pushes amino acids, namely glucose, uh, electrolytes into the cell. So you can get to a hypersaturation state using insulin that you couldn't if you were just relying on your own endogenous insulin output. Um, You know, in terms of like practicality, like. For instance, we might set someone's diet up to use insulin around specific windows, such as the training window, whether it's pre, intra, or post. That's a very popular one. In fact, it's rare that I get a guy that's coming to me now that's that's a competitor that hasn't done done some sort of insulin protocol, whether it's pre, intra, or post. Right, and, and people can argue and debate on like you know what is the more efficient or what is the most beneficial. I like to experiment. I, I primarily think intra is the best. But not everyone can use intra workout carbs due to the digestibility and i totally understand that i'm not you know i'm not going to uh you know force someone to use something or, or ask them to use something if you know one of the other tools that we need to do to use that is going to cause digestive issues so we might just use a pre or we might use a post right um you might want to use it to help counteract the effects of using exogenous growth hormone, right? You know, especially when you get up there in the doses of growth hormone, you can see your blood sugar and your insulin sensitivity start to falter a little bit. You can counteract some of that a little bit with some ind- exogenous insulin use. Uh, maybe, maybe you're working on a particular body part and you're really trying to hypersaturate on that day. And you're, you know, let's say you have a base day where, or a base diet where majority of your days you're getting about 400 grams of carbs in, but on your back, which is weak or a body part that you're trying to really get stronger on and bring up, you're bringing those carbs up to say six, seven, or even 800 grams. Well, it's very hard to push that much food into the cell. So sometimes you rely on exogenous insulin and you could break it up to where, you know, you're taking that 800 grams and you're dividing up by six meals and you're using an extra five to 10 units of insulin with every single meal to help store that glucose.
1: And uh, cheats, skip loads, high Mm. carb days, high, you know, refeed days, things like that. Um, It's not going to be anywhere near as beneficial if you're doing those cheats, refeeds, high carb days. And your blood sugar levels are running high, so uh, throw growth hormone on top of that, and and there's you know it, it exacerbates the issue. So insulin is huge for that, um, you know. And I think too, people tend to think that. <clears throat> the, well, I don't, I don't know how much of a rabbit hole we want to go down with this, but when you're using insulin pre-work, and I'm, I'm a huge fan, I for I don't want to say for years, but back in the day i used it post-workout and i didn't like it as much that doesn't mean that it's not effective it wasn't effective for me i think a lot of people got fat um oh, fat yeah. using it post-workout and when i switched to pre-workout it was to me for me it was a game changer and you know i'm the first to admit that i have mediocre if not slightly below mediocre uh genetics and genetics is not just about structure, it's also about the assimilation of nutrients, your digestive, uh, your your GI, what you can assimilate, utilize, absorb, and all that sort of stuff. It all plays it all falls under that genetic umbrella. So it made a it made a big, big difference for me. And I think too people tend to think that the insulin pre-workout is storing more Carbohydrate so that you have access to more or only store more Carbohydrate is glycogen so that you have more energy for that workout But it's also on the back end of that where what you're using is being replaced right away too So that you're kind of ahead of the game when you come out of training And if you're using insulin pre-workout, it's important to note that You're still going to have that insulin impact when you're done training for the post-workout So as an example... I'm not as big on pre and post because I think that the pre tends to kind of linger into the post anyway. And this all comes down to monitoring blood sugar levels as well. You may be that person that needs pre and post, but in my experience, I've seen the pre because it lingers tends to either eliminate the need for a post-workout dose or significantly decrease it. So if you're going to use insulin, don't even consider using it, especially without any ex- experience using it, but even with experience, monitor your blood sugar levels because what happens and how you respond now could be different than how you respond even a month or two later. Absolutely. Um,
0: kind of had a follow-up question from Henry on Patreon um, and he said for a question for BHD, gee, uh, at what point do you consider throwing insulin into the mix with your clients? Um, the thing I keep hearing is that high vo- food volume and blood sugar getting too high to manage without it, that that's the place when you would consider it. Um, but are there Or you guys have any other thoughts on that?
2: The, the, it's so relative that there's yeah. so there's there's about 80 different scenarios that i could come up with in this in the next hour that would be like okay i've considered using insulin here or and one of them let's say you know let's say you got somebody they're already eating a lot and and you want to start to diet them a little bit you want to get them more insulin sensitive they're waking up in the morning their blood sugar is 107 or something like that you know I would definitely start uh, throwing a little bit of insulin right when they get out of bed before they eat their first meal. And where I'm going with this is the whole concept of blood sugar. I I think a lot of people miss this is that what your blood sugar is telling you is whether you are ready to accept and assimilate the next meal, Mm -hmm. right? Like if your blood sugar is in the 120s, the 110s constantly – your body is never fully clearing the lanes to open up for the next meal, to actually have the anabolic process for the next meal. And I think that that gets kind of overshadowed or, or, or missed when a lot of times when people just do. And we used to do it all the time with the perma right? The, the seafood eat food uh, diets that we used to follow because we didn't understand physiology as much. We just felt like. If more is going down the hatch, we're definitely gaining muscle. Right. And, and it works to an extent. And I'm not going to say it doesn't work, but it works to an extent. But now we just know so much more. And we know that your body needs to be ready for that next meal to be able to simulate muscle protein synthesis, et cetera. So that's why we pay so much more attention to blood sugar. You know, Not just first thing in the morning, but you know, two and a half to three hours after a meal, if you're, you're testing your blood sugar and it's still 107, 110, 120, you might want to use a little bit of insulin then as well, depending on where you are with your program.
1: You know, it's, it's, this is a very good point. Let me piggyback by saying this. You know how, and this is to the listeners, not you guys, because <laughs> you do. But you know how when you go and you end up, you're, you start to go a little hypo, the first thing you're thinking is, oh, my God, I got to eat. That's what your body is telling you. You got to eat. That's the whole point. So I'm using the back end to prove on the front end that the opposite is also true. If your blood sugar levels are high, mm-hmm. then your the lane is congested, and and mm-hmm. I like your analogy. Um, what, full <clears throat> analogy. The 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 you said something about the lane.
2: okay so you get on the interstate right and and it's jam-packed you know rush hour traffic so all the cars are at a standstill imagine that's glucose right just sitting there it's sitting in your bloodstream and the reason is you don't have enough exits to get the cars off well insulin Mm. provides those exits so that now the cars move New sugar can get onto the freeway and, and move down the lane. So that, that's kind of like my, I don't know what, I think I just like was kind of half sleeping, half dreaming one day. <laughs> and I'm like, how am I going to explain this to someone? Because someone had asked me a question. I and like it just that. just popped in my head, like, you know, rush hour traffic. You're clearing, you're adding more exits to get the cars off. So now you can get new cars on the road and boom, they're doing their thing. It's I funny like because
1: I've made a similar analogy with you just, <laughs> with the highway thing. You mm-hmm. just robbed a bank. <laughs> Seriously, this is good. I think it's good because it's it's a parallel to what you're saying. It's just a slightly different version. So we have these parallels. You just robbed a bank and you as quickly as possible want to get that money to your house before you end up getting caught and your ass go to jail right along with the money. The jail mm. is the fat. It's it's stored cuz it's you know, insulin's a storage home. It's really going to store it in one or two places, the fat. Mm. Muscle tissue. I like that one too. <clears throat> Sorry so that's a good one you want to get it home and you want to get it home as efficiently as possible and you know what if you want to keep robbing banks and you want to keep <laughs> you want to keep building your stash you're going to want it at home and that's where you want it is in the muscle tissue absolutely
2: very good yeah i like that <laughs> um
1: all right
0: i'm going to take this one from brandon he might still be with us he was watching on his break from work he said um it says, uh, working outside during these cold winter days, I've noticed that I stay a lot colder now that I've lost a lot of fat and gained a decent amount of muscle. Seems I stay colder than skinny guys or fat guys at work. Uh, do you think there's a connection between muscularity and ability to hold body heat?
2: There's a lot Can of Can I ask there. a
1: question to, to the, not just to Brandon, but to anybody who's, kind of, who's thinking about this, mulling this over? Do you you want to sleep with a fat chick Who's kind of sticky and sweaty Because they run a little hotter And it goes the same way for guys too, obviously Uh, Or do you want to, you know Sleep with somebody who's lean And maybe not as sticky (laughs) That's the whole concept of You're carrying more body fat The leaner we get don't we all run a little bit cold i mean really you have the the um variables of like when you just eat and that typically you know your metabolism your temperature comes up you guys have eaten before and started sweating right or even eaten and then you're like oh i'm gonna drink this water a half hour later and just from the water so that's another impact too or another um more proof the impact that Hydration and fluid intake has on metabolism as well and, of course, on digestion. But, I mean, there are times where it can, especially if your diet, you're deep into a cup, you, you, I'll have sweat rolling off me. If I had a couple high-carb meals and, then, and especially as long as my water intake is high, it, it'll be rolling off me and that's mm-hmm. whether it's and i don't want to say if it's cold because he's working out in the cold and i'm not relating to the cold here is 60 degrees uh you know <laughs> for, for, so that's a little different but i have been in those climates in colorado i in wisconsin where that is the case but it's it's a what body fat plays into it um food intake uh things like the drugs uh play into mm-hmm. that too
2: the only other thing I'll add to that is that, um, you know, some people just have more thermoregulators in terms of receptors, and he might just be feeling it, feeling like he's colder than the average person, you know, b- based on how they tie into his nervous system, you know, because like, it's not like his body temperature is 70 degrees, right? Right. Like, th- there there might be a variation of 0.1%, you know, in terms of... But we feel are- those
1: those subtle...
0: Um, but, but what i'm saying is is, is yeah.
2: it's him feeling that he's colder and yeah. because he's leaner and be in because he's on the cold um you know he's probably shivering and he's probably noticing that he's probably feeling that and so he's he, and, and being a bodybuilder he's probably more in tune with his body than say his coworkers, you know but right. he can
1: get leaner in that colder environment because it the takes it takes more to keep the body to try to warm the body than it does now it's arguably probably quite negligible (laughs) so i think back in the day we used to say uh turn on the air conditioning in your car or keep your windows down in the way you want to be as cold as you could all the time that was about as good advice as not brushing your teeth the morning of a show because you don't want the sodium it ranks right up there with that yeah
0: you ever notice it seems like every couple one of the people is running hot and one of the people run cold
1: like <laughs> That's every good. couple like which that. are you
0: two which ones are you guys in your relationship i'm
1: cold and my wife is a heater I, it's so cool because i just <laughs> like to get up next to her when i go to bed oh my god and i always say the same <laughs> shit. she probably rolls her around and I'm
2: like you're so
3: warm
2: <laughs> <laughs> how about you andrew uh, about the same i think i mean it depends. Really? On- what part of the year we're in or where we're living or you know who's on what chemicals or you know yeah <laughs> so, I, I'm not,
1: I don't think that relationship's gonna work but whatever Could <laughs> I mean, We used
2: so let me know if you guys think this is crazy you know i'm up in vermont right now for this month and uh it's uh what is it i think it was like 19 degrees out today and yesterday it was like 14 degrees we leave our bedroom window open all yes. night Oh, to yeah, okay. we do too. Yeah. We do too. Some people we the, crazy. We haven't the last few days
0: because it was literally like three. It's been. What really, about fans? Yeah. All three. All oh, three of us yeah. fans. Fan.
1: Yeah, gotta uh, have a
2: fan. So she hates the fucking. She hates she doesn't her. like the noise. She, no, she doesn't like the actual feeling of the air blowing on her, and I love it. Like, I do too. I mean, we grew up poor; we didn't know what AC was until I was like nineteen <laughs> years old. Same here, college, yeah. Right. So yeah. I think I told you before the white trash AC. <laughs> yes. You know, you cover your body in aloe vera, That's and then and blasting on you, and you are freezing <laughs> within five minutes. That That's was invented.
0: That was invented out of
2: desperation, right there. <laughs> oh yeah, like definitely. And and you know what? It's effective, and it's a lot cheaper than AC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the hot one in our
0: relationship. Well, she's the hot one, but I mean, temperature-wise, uh, I'm the hot one. <laughs> you look one. pretty uh, good, though,
2: buddy. You look yeah, oh, thank pretty you. good yeah. right now.
0: She, uh, well. She's getting used to the cold temperatures, though. It's getting to the point where sometimes I'm like, oh, it's getting a little cold in here. Do you mind if I turn this up? Like, we Would you be overly
1: hot? And she's like, that's okay
0: so uh, i don't but know she's what shifting canada though isn't it wake up there yeah but
1: that's what i would think too
2: vancouver so like vancouver doesn't get as cold as michigan uh, okay yeah no. by the way vancouver and i'm sure you've been there scott is oh, yeah. absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. like we we you know we did the vancouver pro near abbotsford oh, yeah. which is 45 minutes away but like the mountains up there are out of this world mind-blowing yeah. absolutely yeah. and the air is so clear and fresh that you i feel like you get younger Kind of like how people go to, like, hyperbaric chambers or, you know, like, it's almost like you go there and you just feel like you're getting younger because the air is so fresh and pure. Yep. Yep i've been the there part
0: of colorado three times now three times now and it's amazing the mountains go straight into the ocean which is really mm-hmm. rare to see that yeah. kind of thing yeah. and orca whales are like you, you wouldn't even know it's like the ocean but orca whales because there's mountains on either side are coming up through it and everything it's it's another it's a different world but man when i talk about some crazy property value like it's a it's impossible yeah, uh, yeah. to own a home there
2: now unfortunately mm-hmm. yeah we stayed in a really a very nice Airbnb, Nate and I, and um, the neighbor came over because he thought, well, I guess the guy wasn't allowed to have Airbnb there, so he's Uh-oh. like, "What are you doing here?" Blah blah blah. And actually, he was actually asking us if we were inviting strippers over, but that's a different story. Because <laughs> I think he, he wasn't upset that we were Airbnb; he was upset that if we were having strippers over, we didn't just magically give him an invite for some reason. Yeah, exactly. But, Literally, but anyway, he, okay, we got to hear that part too. But go ahead. <laughs> It was a two bedroom condo. It was nice, but it was like it wasn't like, you know, one of these Miami high rises or something like that. Yeah. And the guy said it was a $900,000 condo. And it was just a tiny little suburb. It wasn't yeah. like in Vancouver. This is a tiny little suburb 45 to 50 minutes outside of the city. And I was just blown away because those property values in Vermont would be like 350-400. Yeah. Right. Right. So real quick, yeah. the this, this stripper thing? We got to know. So I guess the previous Airbnb guys did have strippers and ladies of the night over, and the guy did get an invite for some reason because he was all into those muscle cars and he had he was revving his engines and stuff and, and working on them outside. But he did get an invite from some of the previous guests, and I think. I don't want to. I don't want to blow up his spot, but he he hooked up with some of the strippers and shit. I think he's married, so <laughs> and he assumed that the next guys are going to get strippers too. Well, he sees young guys, right? Or you oh, know, yeah. I feel like I'm still younger, you know. And um, and Nate, you know, was fucking jacked out of his mind, veins popping everywhere, and yeah. and so you know, he's like, oh, you guys up having some girls over? You guys having a, having a time? And we're like. No, nah, man, like he's dead. He's We're getting ready for bodybuilding show. You know, we just barely made it here. We're, we got the show tomorrow. We're trying to get a shit food, you know, his food together, his tan, all that good stuff. Yeah. And then he cracked into stories telling us about how people typically come to that area to get girls.
1: No kidding. Oh, uh, okay. Because I would think that he didn't know anything about bodybuilding
2: because our biggest fans are,
1: well, males.
2: Yeah, other dudes. He yeah, yeah. actually did <laughs> Women don't give pro a shit. Body. And he was like, oh, I can call so-and-so. He can come over, too. Like, this guy was all about inviting people to this Airbnb that we were staying at. Yeah, It, it was kind of a funny, weird situation. But, yeah.
1: Huh. Huh.
2: Okay, real quick. No I've figures. asked everybody
0: on the
1: shows, <laughs> all, all the shows. <laughs> yeah, exact. Very loud, yeah. I asked
0: everybody on all the shows uh, this question, so I have to ask you guys. Uh, fat grips, yay or nay,
2: and why? I don't the Only like time. Yeah, the only time I will use them is not for the intended purpose of, you know, for your grip or, you know, increasing muscle stimulation or whatever, you know, putting them on dumbbells and barbell. I will sometimes use them on, um, like say like a hammer machine or like some type of machine that doesn't, that is a really little thin handle that seems to dig into my, um, into my palm here and just cause pain while I'm pressing it. I'll do yeah. it to make just a little bit more surface area to spread out that force uh, across my palm. So really I'm not using it for the intended purpose. I'm really just using it to make it not hurt my hand. Yeah.
1: I went back to sponges um, two weeks ago. Oh, we, you did we're talking about it on the podcast. So I ordered some sponges and cut them in half. And it's, I, I just laugh at myself in the gym. I'm like, why have I not done this? sooner it's better for pressing for the same reason that you're talking about when you get your dumbbells to go heavier and the the dumbbell bar is not thick enough you can mm-hmm. catch a kind of like a pressure point or a not a pressure yeah. point like
2: a nerve point It's a pressure point it is yeah
1: okay and and it ends up it, throughout the whole set it's mm-hmm. right there on the front of your brain and the with the sponges the only negative with the sponges is <clears throat> once you set your grip you can't change it because it's literally oh. glued to the bar, but it's so, just so awesome. And here's where i one other thing that it comes in handy for is, you know how people for some reason pull against the machine for hammer strength presses and pulls and it moves the grip
3: Yes. It, yes. Or, or
1: it gets, the grip gets torn. And if something, if grips are uneven, I won't use them. It's just you know, something that I, I will, it, it'll be on my brain the entire set. And I'll be wondering if I, you know, what small little difference there is from left to right. The sponge also so takes care of that and it evens everything out. <laughs> it, it is. It was just something that I can't get it out of my brain. I know logically <laughs> that it's not impacting anything. Yeah. Yeah. But, or if one hammer, Lever, I'm going to do this, Is just has a little bit of play in it. Nope. They either both better have play or they shouldn't if you maintain your equipment well anyway because it's an easy fix. But little things like that will sit on my brain and bother me so much that it's distracting and I won't use it.
2: When you say sponges, are you talking about just regular sponges from the grocery? Literally,
1: or? no, like like the spon- car wash sponge. Basically. We talked about
0: that, Skip. On it's just yep. bodybuilding reacts. So oh, okay. so Andrew uh, didn't wasn't privy to that.
3: Yeah, tell right. tell. That in case anybody else it, didn't. It really, yeah. what
1: you know? The, they're the hourglass uh, sponges, and they're the cheap ones. You can't get the like the detail ones or anything. You just get the cheap ones, and then I cut them in half because they're too long. So I cut them in half and depending on what I'm doing, I'll use, it's too much of an explanation, I guess. But if I'm pressing, then I have the round part more in the palm, you know, in the palm of my hand down here to support the bar. If I'm pulling, then I turn it around because I hook grip everything. So I'll have, let me get it in here i have the um oh sorry. this would be a great uh, <laughs> video for your youtube
2: channel script. yeah well i'm yeah. sorry
1: i was too busy like um, doing <laughs> that but go ahead what, what was that last part <laughs> I just,
2: this this would be a great demonstration for your uh, your youtube i videos. was thinking so, that yeah, too yeah. absolutely
1: yeah and i will it's it's just great the only thing oh there's another catch you can't use straps well straps and a sponge, it just, it it'd be kind work. of, it's a lot. Yeah, a lot
2: going why on. would you use straps and a sponge on a press?
1: If for some reason the weight is heavy and with a hook grip you have calluses that are for whatever reason, or it's knurled and it's pulling into, like it just literally from a from a pain standpoint, not a discomfort type thing, but I don't okay. typically have that. There was one thing that I did the other, oh, <clears throat> any type of lat pull or chin, I can't use the sponge because it just ends up being too much of a grip issue. My forearms end up a little bit more on fire than if I'm doing any type of row. So then I have to switch it out for my straps. But using both together probably wouldn't need to. I just tried to get into both of them the other day and I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work. So it's one or the other. Who was it that you said started that? Roy Collander back in the 80s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was a badass, and that's what I, mean. I did it as a teen, and it was so novel then that I got quite a bit of uh, attention from. There were probably five, six guys who were like, "Oh," and and in a couple of weeks they were using them too. It's it's just so so inexpensive, and and it works so incredibly well. And they last. You would think like, oh, you'll probably rip the hell out of them. I bought 10 of them for like 15 bucks in different colors because they're pink, yellow, black. And I went with the black ones because I didn't really want them to stand out to get all the questions of, oh, what are you doing? I didn't think about that. That's a good idea. And it's just you wouldn't you really don't notice. Is he using them? It looks like that. Is that is that? Yeah, the it looks like he might be. That looks like the full size. OK, oh, Yeah, man. He was a freak. Yeah. The gri- I tell you, anybody really, if you're if you're like, ah, that, that might work. I'm not sure. Just try it. And you'll be like, oh man. Oh, and I always get the thinnest ones. I get them at like an inch and a quarter. And they come compressed. They're obviously, you know, they're they're vacuum sealed. So when you do get them out, you need, you know, just let them expand. Or you could even actually get them wet and then just wring them out and let them dry and then they're fully expanded. But I'm telling you, they're it's yeah, I'm going to try that when mom.
2: I start training again, for sure. Yeah,
1: it, it really is good.
0: Andrew's on a training hiatus as he's become a home improvement master.
1: Yeah. I'm you I'm, uh, what's that? T- uh, I just blew the joke. Home TV, whatever that thing is with makeover. It's just shut up and move on. Edit that out, will <laughs> yeah. No problem. God. It's edited. I'll edit that.
0: Okay. It's edited. So Consider yeah, it edited. yeah, I'm
3: sure you will. <laughs>
1: um,
0: okay. Question. Maybe a stupid one. So he says it, not me. He says, um, wouldn't it make sense in a diet slash prep um, setting to just jam a ton of T3 and T4, like 200 micrograms and 400 micrograms while keeping the cardio low to have less impact on your recovery and keeping the food super high to maintain and maybe even still grow muscle?
2: No. I saw that question in the, um, that was on the YouTubes, right? Uh, yes, that was on the tubes. I think you gave him a, a, a proper explanation that that T3 doesn't just burn fat. It burns, it burns, oh. all, energy sub, it burns all energy substrates. So they're, they're, you, you want to throw some kindling in the fire, but you don't mm. want to burn the whole house down in right, the process. Right. <laughs> and yeah. if you, probably, you know, there's some people that need, you know… I, I and i'm not saying in a bodybuilding sense i'm saying from a prescription medical sense probably do need 200 mics of t3 um you know to survive or to to, to have some level of normalcy i haven't seen it in any of the uh, clients that i've worked with but um yeah you, you can absolutely burn through your muscle tissue faster than you burn through body fat if you're if you get your t3 too high okay.
1: and i would even say if you're gonna go do that and uh within a Couple weeks tops. Good luck with pumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be flat, <clears throat> flat as a pancake. You're not going to feel good. Uh, you're going to be. You're going to feel really run down. uh I. And this isn't to you know catch you on the dosing, Andrew. I've never heard of 200 micrograms of T3. That's well, okay. that's why I said. I, that's why yeah. I yeah. said I've never seen, seen that in any of the
2: clients who were working with a doctor and prescribed yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I did see one research paper, but so but I've never personally seen somebody. Yeah, right. right. Um, you know, I think most of the dosages fall somewhere between 20 and maybe 100 tops for people that are prescribed T3 or T3, T4 combination therapy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, I, I think, it, you know, you can always try it and let us know how it goes. But yeah. I think it's a recipe for disaster.
1: And if you do, start low, because I have a feeling that you'll not want to go up very high.
0: Yeah. Icing on the cake, you know, just to push yeah. things along a little yeah. further. Um, how about this one? Let's see. Um, oh, yeah. I'll just We'll save that one. I'm going to go here, because it's one for Skip to go off on. So we'll save that for the end of the show. Alfonso asks us, uh, hey, guys, great show. What are your thoughts on a small amount of dark chocolate every day? high cocoa content, uh, 90% to help regulate blood sugar and other health
2: markers. Just tell us you want to eat chocolate and eat a piece of chocolate, dude. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to have a health reason for it. I mean, like realistically, what is one, one square of 90% cocoa chocolate going to do to someone's diet? you know, especially if, okay, they're pulling a little bit of rice out of the previous meal or they're pulling whatever else out. There's absolutely no problem with it. I I actually, it's funny he asked this question because there's a lot of women that like chocolate and Mm -hmm. it's kind of one of the little things I do quite often with women where- they just need something sweet at the end mm. of the day, and it, it, if it's a little piece of chocolate, this is Gen Pop people. If yeah. it's a little piece of chocolate versus going to the freezer and having a pint of ice cream or oh, starting yeah. something that just that just doesn't ever end, I'm all for. Hey, you made it through the, your all five meals. Have your little piece of chocolate, enjoy sure. it. You know, if there's health benefits that go with it, awesome. Yeah, let's go like so that.
1: far as to say this. Though, or I'll say this and see if you guys agree. If you don't want the calories, and you don't want to tempt your sweet tooth, uh, there are other GDAs that will help with <laughs> blood sugar.
2: Um, oh,
0: yes. it's not really them. dark, Skip. Like, oh, you're like, yeah. chocolate. It, <laughs> it sounds really dark. You're like, come on over here in the locker room. Yeah. You know, I've got something in my <laughs> exactly. fanny pack got for, got for you.
2: Yeah. 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 But, I mean, realistically, how much do you think a square of chocolate is ruining or breaking someone's diet?
1: No, no. no, but there is the argument that does that open the floodgates
2: to hunger? Of oh, oh here's, okay. a, little, here's a little nibble, and
1: a nibble turns into another square, and
2: then you've eaten three okay. chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. see, yeah, I'm using good. it in a sense as the you know they just need to feel like they're having something sweet at the end of the day, and mm-hmm. if it's that versus going for something else, then okay, that 60 calories you're getting from that little square, I'm cool with that. Versus. Sure. But, but I think, yeah, that's a relationship thing between coach and client where, okay, like, I trust you and and, and this sure. is all you need to to be satisfied, right? Yeah.
1: And it's, it's a lot of the same thing as far as the relationship with food as nuts or peanut butter. Yep. I have yep. clients who literally say, I have to use oil. Like, if yep. I go yep. anywhere near a nut butter, I will destroy that entire jar. yep yeah. like, oh, that's too bad because pistachio butter is just – The king of that's like dessert. (laughs) That's dessert in the middle of the office.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: Exactly. Pistachio ice cream. Man, I love that pistachio gelato. Yeah.
3: Hey, what's up guys, I have a lot of people who reach out to me on a regular basis who are trying to more effectively reach their goals. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make is that they're not getting enough protein and there's only so much chicken breast we can eat through the day, but we can easily add a high quality protein supplement to boost those numbers up. True Nutrition has just about every protein powder you can think of from high quality weight isolate. If you don't tolerate lactose, then you could use their beef isolate or you could use their pea protein isolate if you don't eat animal products. They literally have everything you think of. I've believed in them for like a decade before they advertised with us and they they never went out of their way to say like hey we want to promote our stuff through you I literally asked them because it's a company that I believe in and at the end of the day I want to see you guys reach your goals as effectively as possible so if you use our code think at true nutrition you'll get some savings you'll help to support our programming and you'll get some high quality products to more effectively reach your goals faster All
0: right, I'm going to be real careful with this one. He says, uh, and I'm going to use his exact words because he said supplement friend. He says, any advice when you lose your supplement friend unexpectedly and then you have to go cold turkey off supplements for 15 weeks in the meantime by the way good man thank you for helping us stay uh you know in the algorithm here this is great it's uh, so a 15 weeks in the meantime um, i don't use any research chems as pct as someone told me they're all garbage and not safe so since i have been in between friends i have been training 100 percent natty off the stuff completely cold turkey in 15 weeks i've only lost five to seven pounds and still have most of my condition um i don't have the same roundness or pop food has also been uh, uh, has also been as high as i can keep it body fat getting higher but not a concern uh 210 pound guy looking to still push my body weight up any advice would be appreciated
1: Andrew, you just have to so take I'm, the first one because I was distracted by something here.
2: Sorry, I didn't catch just,
1: the very first part of it. So go ahead. Just
2: because I'm, just to make it clear, he lost when his he says supplement it, friend. Okay. Does that mean the person that provides for him, or yes. does that mean his actual supplements? I, I, yeah, the person who provides them, he no longer has supplements, so he is so unable to get one, more dude. supplements. Yeah, so that's what he's a million. Every, everyone's a supplement friend. <laughs> get, get better friends it's, bro. it's, it's get just like coaching friends. right everyone's a a coach today there's every single i mean well i'm not going to go down that rabbit hole but i mean there's a million and one ways to find you know if you have a coach coaches usually have a lot of good contacts and even if you reach out friends. to coaches who are not your coach you know they might give you an i mean i can't tell you how many times a month someone asks me for quality sources and they're not i have no financial relationship with either party i just say hey i've known these this guy to be good and this guy to be good here's his contact info you know you can say i sent you if you like or you know whatever take it as you will so i mean it's not that hard to find a source plus there's professional muscle forums there's a million one forums that have purveyors of this kind of stuff but besides that
0: Besides that, though, like, and not even doing that. Let's just say he's, I think he said he's he is getting something. He said, like, he's planning on something, but he's got okay. time. So he's thinking, I mean, it sounds like he's doing good. Like, he only Wait, lost. Is he
2: just saying, like, how is he doing being all yeah, natty?
0: Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. He's like, I don't, I'm not on anything. He hasn't done any PCT. Okay. He's lost five to seven pounds. And any advice on just navigating those waters
2: of, like, well, How training, long has
1: it been since he's only lost five or seven pounds?
2: 15 weeks. I oh, okay. it's good it's the chunk of time. Yeah. I would say look at what you've done the last 15 weeks and can you continue doing it cuz 5 to 7 pounds, I mean that's just that pop and, and, and fullness that you get from being on cycle. So sounds like you kept your training hard. Sounds yeah. like you kept your protein and your your calories high uh or you know at least in in some commensurate level and it seems like you're doing a great job. I I without knowing more specifics or seeing pictures of point A to point B, B being off the off the supplements for 15 weeks, you know. It sounds like you're doing a great job, honestly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't think I have anything to add. Again, it comes down to recovery. People think that when they're either coming off cycle, going to TRT, you know, they're going to lose all their gains, or if they come off cycle and they go to nothing. Um, as Andrew said, there's a lot of variables, but it comes down to recovery. You can still progress. You're just you shouldn't be progressing like you were while you were on cycle. But there there's a initial regression because you're obviously not going to hold, you know, hundred percent of the size and hundred percent of the strength. But how you make that transition off cycle and maximizing your recovery is just huge. It's a huge psychological component. Uh, a lot of people when they come off, you know, gear, they lose that They're almost in this mindset of, well, you know, I'm not as motivated now. The diet isn't as tight. The training, they don't want to back off on the training because I was just doing this same amount of work and these same weights, you know, six weeks ago. And they fight to keep those weights and fight to keep the intensity and they don't want to make those changes. Those are the guys that are going to come off a cycle. Hurting, And when I say hurting, they're going to potentially lose more of their progress than the guy who's willing to make those changes to adjust to the recovery, not being as good.
2: Let me add one more thing too. I it, Cause it sounds like he's trained pretty much the same way all the way through eight, all the way pretty much the same all the way through. Let me give a little personal anecdote just from the last month. I haven't been to a gym in at least four or five, at least four to five weeks. Okay. The only variable that really changed was me not going to the gym. My diet has been almost exactly the same. Uh, the, so the only thing I haven't done is trained. The, the gear has been exactly the same, basically TRT with a little extra. I've lost a fairly significant amount of muscle and fullness. I can absolutely see it, the variable being training. So you know, I think if he is still training just as hard, and, yeah. and if I was still training just as hard, I would have seen maybe a 2% decline from bouncing off of a medium-level cycle to TRT versus yeah. – Where I feel, you know, that I'm at right now. With that being said, knowing that it's the training and always believing that it's the training, because I think training and nutrition are your two biggest pillars. The gear is kind of like that training wheel that you attach to the side of the bike, right? Once I add the training variable back in, I fully expect to volumize and put on a good 10, 12 pounds again and also see an increase in my appetite all over again to be able to eat more and then layer in some PEDs down the road and see an even more synergistic effect, you know, two to three months down the road. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean I bet
0: he's going to take off when he does if he's maintaining yeah.
2: everything so well, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah five, to, 5 to 7 from going cold turkey without doing cruising. That's awesome. Yeah. I wonder what his test levels are now.
0: Like is he going to is he going to continue to cycle on and off or I mean it sounds like he must because like this is, you know, he he doesn't know what to do when he comes off, I guess. And I mean maybe I wonder if he does does PCT normally or if he's a cruise guy. Mm-hmm. I wonder what his test levels would be right now. It wouldn't hurt to get that checked out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mati is like perfectly fine, you know? You know what's funny is um, I had a buddy. He's a natural guy. Maybe use like a little pro hormones and stuff. This is 10 years ago. Natural guy, otherwise. And he dieted his butt off. I'm talking like zero carb days for weeks on end. Uh, you know, one of our friends, you know, we had a wedding in, in Cape Cod and he was like freaking out about having a free meal, a piece of, of, of wedding cake, you know? Yeah. We tested his testosterone and it was like, 42 yeah yeah now but now he still looked very anabolic though
1: i wondered if you were gonna go if that was what would happen yeah
2: my my point is that we put so much stock into testosterone as like this one variable but i don't know if it makes if it is as important it's important to grow don't get me wrong it's absolutely important to grow but to maintain what you currently have as long as you are still training hard and eating the right amount of protein you can absolutely maintain a physique yeah,
1: and, and it comes down to, as, as we all know, the protein synthesis and, and nitrogen retention and everything else. So there will be some loss. But I I wondered if you're going to go down that road because it took yeah. me back to when I was in Denver and I was battling with those blood issues. And I came completely off working with the endocrinologist downtown Denver. And my test levels got down to like one, I want to say one in the 140s. Mm-hmm. And he uh, encouraged me against very, uh, I, I was not on board, but he encouraged me to continue to stay off to see if I was going to recover because I had been on for a while, and it only took about another eight or nine weeks, and they had climbed to two eleven, and of course that's still in the toilet. But I was shocked at that time mm-hmm. how my training was still mm-hmm. pretty good. I didn't look like I didn't look like I thought that I would look. If you would have told me, you're testosterone levels are going to just they're going to be down you know in the 140s or in in the 200s and i anticipated that they may be there but that was part of the reason that i was fighting him initially because i'm like i got to get on at least trt
2: and wasn't it kind of a relief um or kind of like a a plus in your mind you're like wait a minute i still look even though you're not where you you were months before i still look this good and i'm still having this level of performance in the gym now seeing that my testosterone is in the 120s right okay like you know
1: what i mean it was you know it's funny because i've said this time and time again to my clients hear me say this my friends injuries or situations that are out of the norm even though there's this huge negative it those things have always presented a learning environment for me that later I'm always Mm. grateful that I was like now I can say I'm kind of grateful that I had the knee problems that I did because I learned so much more about the mechanics and the Ah. structure of the knee what you know from articular cartilage to what the body what you can do how long it takes to recover from things like that and it's the same thing with the testosterone levels coming off having those blood issues back in 2013 I was TRT for almost five years so Mm. uh, not thinking that I would ever be able to regain the ability to go back on cycle and not have blood numbers that i thought were dangerously high so i guess what i'm saying is anytime you do run into a situation where it's out of the norm there's almost there should be the potential for learning more mm. than when everything is just going right and you're doing the same thing yeah you're progressing and everything's great but you're doing the same thing you always do so what are you really learning
2: yeah yeah, yeah
0: um oh you know one more thing too yeah it's, it, i feel like in this case i've, I've seen other guys natural guys who mightn't get their test level checked like we've worked together for a period of time and then you find out they're like 360 or something like that mm-hmm. and they've been making progress all along and mm-hmm. I, I think that this is a good testament for everybody listening that hey you know because we we pull the gas back once we're once we're off you know you guys would start missing the gym and all that so i hope they pick something up from that
2: well I do think skip hit a good point when he did say like when people go off of their blast cycles they stop eating their six meals exactly they stop mm, yeah. putting that same mindset into the train I think that's why people regress more than anything it's I not because agree. Yeah, it's not because of the lower p. And, and I'm and I'm saying this because of this little anecdotal experiment I'm doing on myself with not training. I'm seeing a major change because I'm not attacking the gym with 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 you know or, or at all. You know. Yeah. I, so so I think it just backs up that point even more. So the point is is when you guys take your cruises as seriously as you do, take them more seriously. Yeah. than you Do your black right. Take them more seriously, doing and you'll surprise yourself at how much progress you'll make. At yes. the very least, what you'll maintain. Yes. Okay, how about one about um, scar tissue,
0: all that? This is a question for the shows uh, from Riley. He says, we accumulate scar tissue from IM injections over a bodybuilding career. Everyone seems to agree uh, that the interplay between injection frequency, uh, needle gauge, needle length, injection technique, sight rotation, injection volume, and oil cleanliness, rancidity. Rancid, rancid, is rancidity a word? Did I say that right? So. Ranc- yeah. Rancidity? 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 Okay. Contribute to. Uh, oh, I have a word for you too, Skip. Oh, that's right. I saw. I heard an interesting word. I want to share with you. Uh, contribute the most to the development of the scar tissue. But what's the best way to mitigate its development before it becomes an issue?
1: Oh, that's, I don't uh, know if I've thought about yeah. Um,
2: well, I don't know if there is a way so, because same yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 if you take something sharp and you put it into tissue enough times, right. no matter what, you, I mean, you can only if you take a 1000 injections over your lifetime, you can only spread it out into what, maybe six to eight different sites. So each of them are getting hit what, you know, 200 or 150 times. it's the frequency more than anything you know i think it is the frequency and it is rancidity by the way rancidity Um, all right it is rancidity but no i i don't know if there's there's not like a there's not like a a way to say okay you need to inject just like this and you're not going to cause scar tissue right right? i mean and, and i don't even think that there's a way that you could say okay if I only inject my shoulders and my lats for this blast, and then I only do my glutes and heaven forbid my quads the next blast, it's gonna give enough time to heal that there isn't scar tissue in my shoulders and my lats so that I can go back to them next time and have them be fresh tissue as if nothing ever happened again. You know? Yeah. I mean, you're causing micro trauma that adds up over time the The same way is the same. What's that thing where the, the Chinese torture, like the water drop, like bouncing oh, yeah. on your Chinese head, water
0: torture. Yeah.
2: Chinese. So it, it, it's a matter of frequency. You're cu- after, you know, a million drops, there's a dent in your head because of all that friction, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a way to mitigate that necessarily. Yeah. And I, I've got stories, but I could throw this one out real quick. I went
1: to had the MRI when I had the, um, knee and glute issue and they did the wrong leg and i hate mris so i had to go back and they blamed me for moving and i told them they were absolutely wrong because i was never (laughs) going to move and that they screwed up and they admitted that they screwed up anyway they did both legs and they said that's it 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 looks at least prematurely you know i can't read this but it it looks like you have two tumors on the upper outside of each quad And I just rolled my eyes because I thought about for a second. As soon as you hear tumor, you're like, what? I rolled my eyes. I'm like you can't be serious that's you're trying to diagnose that's scar tissue from injections because I used to hit my quads literally 90% of the time in my early days because they were easy I know a lot of people hate them I love them they're right in front of my face and I probably only done 10 glute shots my entire life because I can't see where I'm putting it I don't like to do that there are big nerves back there so I ended up with such scar tissue that a one inch the only reason I stopped doing quad uh, injections at that time was because the plunger would no longer plunge.
2: Yep. <laughs> so then I had to go didn't inch
1: you? and a half, which is very old school because remember back in the day, you didn't do anything that wasn't inch and a half because then it wouldn't work because it wasn't deep enough. And now we know yep. oh, that's not exactly the case. But anyway, once yep. I got below that scar tissue plunge just fine. So I built up even more scar tissue, but I got to the point where I can't put it out there because it's, it's either it's scar tissue, but I don't think it's solid. I think it's encapsulated mm-hmm. because if I get too, I'll still sometimes put on my quads, I'll feel for the lump and then I'll hit, you know, outside of what I think is outside of the lump. And then there is literally like black blood that comes out. When, <laughs> yeah. when I I'm like, That's really dark. I think I was a little too close. Let
2: there's me ask a, you guys this. Oh, go ahead, Scott.
0: I was just going to say there's like an evolution. Cause I remember when i started it was like two shots a week we wanted to make sure you split it up but before mm-hmm. that guys were like well i take my deca every two weeks you know what i mean yep. Yep. and then it evolved to and that was all like like uh what was it one and a half inch 23 gauge maybe even 22 gauge but the oil got thinner we went to uh, one inch 25 gauge and mm-hmm. now i think it's evolved to insulin pins every day so it's it's created it's like crossed such a evolution of how people use compared to i mean just in 15 True. 20 years you know that's a good and point when you
1: say insulin pins uh you know most people think of insulin pins as just sub q but yeah. i do i always do my trt shots with insulin pins i'll do half a mil uh intramuscular into a very lean area like my side delt yeah, and you know. never have an issue it never yeah. seeps it's never so when the smaller the I, I, the only thing i can really say is the less frequent and the smaller the gauge likely the less damage you're causing over time and there's also nerve issues i mean you can have dead i have dead spots in my delts uh where that strand of delt is pretty much dead there was a picture a couple years ago of jay cutler his delt now that he's off and it had that same i'm like oh i know that one so then when i go on bigger cycles i tend to hit that strand just to fill that out just a little oh, bit. God. <laughs> That's not a bad idea.
2: Yeah. You guys ever uh, gotten a massage and, um, like, in, you, you've had a bad shot, say, in your quad that, you know, hurt you years ago and you're getting a massage in the future and, and like they run over that and they're like, oh, there's something up here. And like they hit it and you almost jump off the table. Like nope. I, I've had that in my, cause I remember one bad, bad shot I had in my quad one time, which is the last mm-hmm. time I did my quads, maybe 2017. Yeah. And, Several years after that, I was getting a massage and she kept on rolling over and she said, oh, there's just a knot here. And I'm like, can we just stay away from that? Like, yeah, it's not not a knot in the traditional sense. It's it's mm-hmm. it's some built up scar tissue that like is just never going to go away.
1: And they say that it will. I had a, a massage lady say, oh, I can get it out. I can work. And I believed her. Yeah. And we worked on it, worked on it, worked on it, only on the one side just to see. And finally, I told him, like, this is not going to work and it sucks. So just leave yeah. it alone.
0: Yeah. You know what I noticed was, so I only did uh, glutes when I first started, and I ran glutes religiously, that's all I used, and after a while, I started getting that nasty scar tissue, you get the snap, crackle, pop, and you get that plunger that doesn't want to push in, and that forced me to start rotating over a period of time that did get better, okay? So, like, mm-hmm. I can do glutes again, and they're all right. I didn't do anything. Like, we had Pete ask us... Uh, You know, does foam rolling help with scar tissue? I didn't, it's, I don't have like a a protocol that I did. It just like over time, it improved. I'm not saying it's not there,
2: but I could use them again, you know? I would say that's more related to avoiding that spot and inflammation in that area going down. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
0: All right. Let's see what else we got here. I think we had uh, maybe one more, and it was a special question for Skip. (laughs) If I can find it here. Um, It was a guy, we, we, we took some flack. So first of all, I want to tell you guys, the last episode that came out, I lost that. Like, it was buried. I, I was, like, on my hard drive looking around to see, like, what episodes of BSG I had to put out. I went back, like, mm, six weeks, something like that. And, we, and so that means we recorded it. You know, two, almost two months ago, maybe. But I pulled that episode out. I dropped it last Friday. And one of the questions is, what do you guys think of Sam Sulik? And like I said, I had only seen at the time one video of his. And we hey, got a scam likely coming in. i had only seen one video of his at the time. You guys hadn't really seen too much of him. And uh, we got this question. And I've seen a little bit more of him since still not enough to be an authority and we did get a lot of people to share their thoughts but this guy said I love how you guys pretend like you don't know his name he is the biggest fitness influencer on the face of the earth you guys pretend like you don't know his name it's absolutely hilarious I love, I love the way you read that, that. <laughs> yeah. that's I how, read how I would read it, read it. that's the, read it. the voice that's that. I heard you know yeah, what I mean that's how I would read it too yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. <laughs> sorry, dude. sorry dude yeah
1: what, do well, I respond to that? <laughs> I think I did already. <laughs>
0: yeah, you, you said something about his mom, I think. You were like,
1: <laughs> well, of course I said something about his mom. He had 1986 in his name. so Skip you know, was like, jumped.
0: Andrew, Skip was like, it, it was said 1986, whatever, ZZZ or something, 86. He was like, hey, if you were born 86, tell your mom hi if she's hot because I'm old <laughs> enough to be your dad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just such a silly statement. make though it's you know i think the other part of the response was you know we're we're grown men uh we have other things to do than to follow a young 20 something on uh, social media but i also said too i i don't know if i said it in the podcast or if i've said it in comments but i don't have a problem with the guy i i I, I don't know much about him but everything i've seen he seems pretty unassuming he doesn't strike me as someone who's terribly arrogant he's just kind of doing his thing and, and he, it happened to catch traction and people paid attention and I understand why they would like he's just eating like bowls of cereal and Chick-fil-A and, and, and he's growing I'll, I'll be honest if I was 20 or, or however old he is you know because I'm pretending I don't know <laughs> um, but it and I could get away with that and I could have that kind of size I probably would do the same thing and I'd probably ride it as long as I could I got nothing against the guy, if people want to listen to him, they can listen to. Him. I think the only thing I said was if and I'm paraphrasing, but if he if he were to do things more efficiently and get more locked in, he probably would make more progress than he is. But that's not to take away from his progress. The, the guy has no. a, the kid has a great physique. He seems to be enjoying the process and the attention that comes with it and kind of taking it in stride. He doesn't seem like an arrogant prick. He's twenty
2: one. i no problem yeah, At least hear it says uh, he's 21. Okay.
3: I, yeah, I so think so it's I was one sorry. of those he's things
2: like, um, you know, like words that are uh, like, like I've got some younger training partners that use words like, like sus, you, you know, kids that use that word. Yeah. Like, like, you're a little sus. I never, I've never said that. I've never said, oh, he's, <laughs> he seems sus. But like my buddy would say that all the time. And I'd be like what do you talk like sus like suspect you know so what i'm going with is i feel like it's we're kind of in that older crowd now where we're just late (laughs) to the party on a fitness trend or a bodybuilding trend which is even sadder than pretending like we didn't know it but but no but it's like nobody was pretending it's just like okay i'll be honest like besides watching a few of the other uh think big shows i don't watch anything bodybuilding related on youtube when i was in my 20s and 30s i watched every podcast that was bodybuilding related the, oh, the yeah. european yeah. ones the you know adam mcveigh show i watched all or listened to every too, religiously single one yeah i'm exactly whether i was doing cardio or i'd even sit there and watch on a screen when i didn't have anything to do i'm kind of at that point in my life where i always have something to do and if i do put something on it's going to be something that i guess i could say i've evolved i like to listen to history stuff i listen to history podcasts i listen to books on tape and it's not to say that like oh i'm like so intelligent it's just my interests have changed over time And I feel like we can all probably say that our interests have changed over time and that we're just not in that demographic where we would immediately associate, oh, I want to watch all that kid's videos. Because guess what? We've done all the stuff he's done. We've done, we didn't have Chick-fil-A back then, but we've done the Burger Kings Mm -hmm. and bulk Mm -hmm. up diets. We've done the friggin' eat a box of cereal after you get done training. It's great. It's fun. We just can't get away with that anymore.
3: Right. Listen
0: though, too, Andrew, I think that there's part of this. It's not just that your interest has changed. It's that- As a coach, this is your full-time thing, right? Bodybuilding. And you, you become kind of careful with what you're putting in your your head because we, we have seen it yeah. all. You know, like at that point, we're old enough to say like, oh, we've seen it all. And there's still new stuff out there. So when I say we've seen it all, we've just seen a lot of stuff. And there's it, you, you guys see it yourselves too. Like if you've been watching content for a year, if you've been watching our channel for a year, these things get repetitive. And we say things you heard us say before. Well, imagine doing that for 20 years. You know, mm. so there's that, that, that element of it. But then also, too, it's like when I spend all... Like, literally... I'm either doing this with you guys. I'm editing this stuff after we're done, or I'm working with my clients. Like, I sit at my desk, like, literally all day some days. And if I'm going to watch something, I want to unplug and not think about bodybuilding because I exactly. think about it all the freaking time, you know? Yeah.
1: No question. And I've said the same thing with raising. I, I raised four kids. Like, I didn't have time to sit back and do, I just lounge around and, and look through YouTube. I'm not knocking it. But again, I'm just do, piggybacking off what you guys said. Stuff. Now, I'm going to take a shot here. Okay. And it is well deserved and I'm going to use Steve and I'm going to use Pete as an example but they're not the only ones uh, the guy who responded who said that you know we're pretending <laughs> they, they're responding in the comments um, oh. <laughs> but the guy who responded with the hilarious thing that had 1986 and he's going to like this part of my, comment, okay. my part okay. of my comment because it's going to back up really why he's attacking or so confrontational I want to know why our I say our, my demographic, the older demographic has such an issue with the Sam Suleks. And I'm going yep. to just going to take, I'm going to th- throw Pete and Steve under the bus or something. You're say, good guys. You
0: know, we like you otherwise.
1: Yeah, we, definitely. But, but you're but not going to be around
0: Skip for, if you're going to be around Skip, you got to expect sometimes he's right. going to give it to you. And you
1: can be mad at Skip, but not at Scott and Andrew. So I'll, <laughs> I'll say that. It says like, Pete says, all the younger guys in my gym are Sam Sulek wannabes. It's a cheap shot, and I'll tell you why they're they're young kids of course they're gonna look to someone like sam and be like oh my god i want to be like him i'm admitting that at my age that if i were that age i would probably look to him too because he's relatable and i can see oh my gosh maybe he's doing something different than the old guys on bsg because he's so (laughs) big and so young i don't knock that but that's why the older demographic for some reason Tends to, and maybe I've been guilty of this too in the past. We go after this younger generation. We're almost kind of condescending, like, "Well, I don't know why they'd be." The guy's Jack, more Jack than I am. He's more Jack than Steve and Pete, probably too. And I said me first, just to make it fair. Pete and says he's older than Skip. We tend to resent <laughs> as a society. We tend to resent people who have the things or can do the things that we can't do. So we take little cheap shots at them. I've been guilty of it. Yeah. So I'm saying that is probably why that kid, 1986, was defensive and confrontational because Sam gets attacked by people who aren't as big as him. Hold on. He's older than him. He's
0: and it's older than my wife actually. So he's not that really? young. <laughs> 86? Yeah. If he's 86, he's older than my wife. So that...
1: 86. Well, I graduated in 88, I, so I guess what I'm wait, saying wait, is let, I didn't do the math,
2: but... Let me back it up and so what, kind of defend Steve and Pete, though. I think what they're hitting on is not the Sam Sulek being himself and doing his thing and not necessarily the kids emulating someone who is making a lot of progress. I think they're emulating the guys that are kind of taking up space in the gym Using the the Sam Sulek persona, I guess, dressing like him, doing some of his similar things, but not necessarily training hard. And maybe they can chime in if, it, it, like, I think they want the part of Sam Sulek that looks cool, but not the stuff that goes the, behind the scenes of him actually training hard eating all the food easy you're
1: saying that they're kind of going after the the wannabes the yes versus actually. because
2: because because yeah. okay. four years ago it was the bumstead wannabes everyone came yep. in with the bumstead haircut and all and i'm and i say everyone i'm talking about it's actually embarrassing to see a 35 year old plus man come in with a uh, chris bumstead haircut but you and i can understand why the kids were doing it because he was the cool fresh thing they'd be wearing the same clothing that he was branded by uh Think about all the – you can't go to a commercial gym now and not see 20 uh, uh, sharks or wolves. Uh, um, What's the wolf one? I don't know. Wolfpack? No, no. The Wolfpack um, bags. Dark sport. Dark sport. You cannot go into a gym and not see 15, 20, to 30-year-olds wearing dark sport shirts, dark sport uh, shorts, dark sport socks, dark sport leggings, girls, guys, and everything. So – and they're kind of just taking up space a lot of them in the gym and I, I'm, I'm speaking mostly about the males because the females i see in the gym today work really freaking hard They keep their headphones on and they bust ass yeah I've a lot of that. these guys what's that i've seen that i mean there's a lot of chicks that are really pushing it nowadays way more yeah. than way more than, years than guys I, I give females so much prop and, and you know what and that's why so many of them are making so much more progress than some of these guys that are coming in with the sam sulik outfits on and maybe i, I hear that he like screams certain things when he gets done a set does he and screaming so I, I i saw a ah. video where i I, I saw that. a comment on somewhere that – actually, on one of our videos, someone – I think it was on the episode we did on uh, Sam, and someone said, drops the weight, and then he screams something. And I can't remember what the catchphrase is, but – and they were in shock. They're like, dude, you're like 100 pounds less than he is. What are you doing? You know? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, I get all sides of this, I guess. You know, it, it, And it's us being older and just not being as connected to the younger, what's in – in that 20 to 30 year old population i guess or Funny. just not caring and not wanting to it's be well not caring yeah true. i mean I, I don't care that i don't know him you know i think <laughs> like Pete, i think i
0: think pants. pete's taking a shot at himself now he says i wore yeah. a lot of boatnecks and baggy pants and a I still, pant. i'm
1: wearing a boat neck right now <laughs> i'm you <living> right now <laughs> I'm with you. This is what, what um, this is a T. Michael, bro.
3: <laughs>
0: I've got one more question for you, Skip. Um, yeah. So, on the last, uh, uh, it's just bodybuilding. Ron was talking about fanny packs. Okay. And so, he said that like when he was a kid, he didn't know. He's like, I found out everybody kept their gear in their fanny packs. They would just <laughs> they'd walk around, they'd have like some D ball tabs, a couple other things in there. D- did you ever carry gear around in a fanny pack?
1: No, he hung out with better friends than I did. Apparently, I I've never heard of that, and, and well, it's the one thing that I never got. For some reason, the fanny pack thing never. Now, when I go out and I do my walks, I do wear a fanny pack because I don't have anywhere to put my my phone and my keys. So I do have one uh, that my daughter got me for Christmas. It's probably the first one I've. Well, it is. It's the first one I've ever owned, and I never got. I did the string tank. T- I still do. I went back to them. Uh, the boat necks. Uh, I, can't, I can't go back to crazy wear pants, but I did buy some Gasp baggy pants and, and that I'm did actually you? quite happy with. I love them. They're great. And that's pretty close. It's not the wild patterns. But the other thing I didn't do is I did not do Atomics. I've never once once owned one pair of atomics I couldn't bring myself to do. I there's just something about. They rank up there with Crocs to me. <laughs> oh,
2: I had like six players Get out of here. I bless have my you really kids all
1: the time? I'm like, okay. I'm not. You're not going with me when we're in Wisconsin. You're not even going with me to the gas station. I'm like, you're not going with me. Like we're only going to the gas station. I'm like, I don't give a shit. You're not going with me. No. I wish I recorded it.
0: I had my Crocs when I was in uh, the UK, and I, I I was staying at Dave's house, and I came down the down the steps one, you know, in the morning and we get ready to have some morning tea and he's standing there, Big Dave, a little tiny teacup in his hand, and he goes, No! Get <laughs> out of my
3: house! <laughs> no!
0: I wish I had the camera running for that one. Wait, wait, what do you guys think about
2: the Hey Dudes? Hey Dudes, what's that?
1: They're big. They're popular. I, my wife a pair, and I'm like, give them to my son-in-law. <laughs> oh, really?
2: I feel I like just, I started th- wearing them before they became cool because I found them on some website years ago, and I'm like, I fucking hate Bending over to tie my shoes. I yeah, and they're very fits. comfortable. Uh, there's no question. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, remember, guys. I'm. I'm. I'm okay. a shoe guy. Yeah. Yeah. More yeah. women shoes, but I am very particular for about shoes. I just went on a bender last couple of days. My wife isn't here. She's going to be pissed. Uh, not pissed because I buy her shoes. Her shoes. Her work heels and stuff like that. But I buy them because she won't spend the money. And do you
3: have I a have I was no wearing the same
0: moves. thing. That's a hey dude though, just yeah, to be that's clear to you. Hey okay. Yeah, I've let's get them. back they to Skip's cut fetish.
1: No, I uh no you know I don't. I am not I notice okay. women's shoes though. Uh I just I, like I somebody will walk into the post office, i somebody be like, oh shit. Like I noticed, I noticed the brand. I know a lot about Women, if if anybody you know has men's any too. questions, they can contact me. I can tell you the difference Wait. between Mario Valentino and Valentino Garavana you I wish, know
2: all the huh. Don't you wish you had a foot fetish?
1: I, I maybe I have I a wish shoe. I, did.
2: I just think about it. You everywhere. literally go to the beach or the swimming pool, and yeah. you got your. It's not like asking a chick to take you know take a top off or like it's just feet, already there. Feet everywhere. And that's yeah. your thing. Yeah and it's yeah knows
1: you. you're looking at him. but it always gets oh, weird man yeah.
0: you hear those stories there's like a guy who's like randomly taking pictures of feet in the mall and yeah gets, you know what i mean well, there's that guy weird.
1: yeah i've got friends it's a only fetishes. fans thing right no they
2: have, it's been they have no. oh they,
1: yeah they are they are i think i don't know i think yeah, there no, are. There are, there
2: are, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, right. sure. yeah. I'd be I'm sure but i'm just saying wouldn't that be the easiest fetish to have oh and yeah the most convenient you know, yeah. it'd be the have. easiest
0: one to sell too like on the end of making the content
2: you know what i mean you just hey, you here's sure my your
1: job for that i don't think right yeah you well, don't yeah. have your face
2: attached to it Well, if you're a chick you're in and your, and your husband's into that you're always getting manicures once or pedicures once a week and he's paying for them yeah he's always buying you nice shoes he's always buying you nice sandals so that's I where get i was a going with that. And
1: a petty every two weeks with my wife too though you guys don't do you I've never gotten uh, a like manicure a or a
0: pedicure in my life. Oh, okay. Like, never once. No shit. Every two never. weeks, like, clockwork. I want to go. Yeah. Like, I want to go get a pedicure with Victoria, like, to do it as yeah. a couples
2: thing. That's good. Yeah. Your feet feel like a million bucks afterwards. Yeah. Hey, maybe we'll yeah. go do that soon. Yeah.
1: And you got to understand, too, down here, well, Andrew knows now, too, if I'm not in the gym, I'm wearing, sand, you know, flip-flops. I say yeah. I always call them sandals, but I wear flip-flops. And, yeah. you know, you can't put any Michigan... Wisconsin feet in Florida, busted in up <laughs> in Florida flip flops. That don't that don't look good. And what's right. funny is anybody who looks at me like a guy who might be like, look at me as Scots. Like, why would you? Their feet always look like shit. So it's like whatever. <laughs> and guys don't notice, but women notice. Women notice if guys' feet look good and their hands and their fingernails. So here's my
0: fear: if I were to have like the calluses removed from my feet, I feel like I would
2: not have that protection or something. Nah. You know what I mean? No, it's if it, it, your feet feel like a million bucks. Oh, I
3: yeah. just
2: feel really bad for the people that have to do it on me because <laughs> I've dropped so many weights on my big toes. Oh, the like, oh. nail is like permanently black and ha- misshapen, and yeah, it really well. Miss-
3: <laughs> <laughs> they're always
2: well, I always do but they're always you can tell they're making jokes because they're you know they're, they speak different languages and they're talking back and forth like ha, ha, you know yeah, yeah look at like, this one and they're talking in Vietnamese jokes.
1: and then they giggle yeah and That's you're like I, mean. I wish I knew Vietnamese right now because I don't know and what then you're they, but then they
2: look up at you and like smile like to make sure that you don't know Vietnamese <laughs> yeah. you know
1: yeah wow. Yeah, Yeah, I'd say every two weeks, I mean, every two weeks we go, but every second time we go, (laughs) the lady who, and she's awesome, but I have the same lady, and every time she puts lotion on my hands or on my my feet, she'll comment, and it's not consistent, but she'll be like, you're so strong, and smiling. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you go. I got got one more thing for Skip.
0: So um, I was listening to the radio the other day, and there was some organization is trying to bring back certain words for 2024 there was like a, a little host of words that they they listed and this is one of them and i was like instantly i was like ooh i got to look that up and i got to bring it to skip on bsg cuz you're a word guy um kerglaff let me see if so i'm saying know? that right hold on i'm going to actually i brought it up on a thing let's play it kerglaff 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 c u r g l a f f Kirklaff. have you heard of that one I,
1: I've never heard of that no
0: so it means I'm embarrassed the, I don't know the the shock felt it says the shock felt in bathing but it, a better the shock felt in bathing when one first plunges into cold
1: water where did you come across that word like was it in I just told article? you what <laughs> I was did? listening
0: to a radio show and they were oh. talking about this organization wants to bring back uh, these different words. And this was one of them. And they want to make that Kurg laugh. They want to bring that into the popular vocabulary again.
1: Okay, well, they could because it w- it's not a word that would be used and no one would still know what it... I mean, it's not a... It's not... It wouldn't be a common...
0: Could it be like, though, like... Like, oh, that I was totally, I, I was Kerglaffed. Oh, that was, you know, like, oh, the, you know, because maybe it doesn't have to be just the shock of water. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? I you could use point. it out of context. Like, we've used other words out of context that some of them yeah. we've gotten in trouble for. Um, <laughs> Kerglaff. I, yeah, I got a word I, story. That's for one I've not, not heard. Well, there I'm you go. Not, you can file that one away then. That's for you. Kerglaff. Uh, guys, we appreciate you tuning in uh, for another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear. Of course, uh, bodyberry.com. TeamSkip.com, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. You can reach out to all of us. Of course, uh, go to our sponsors, nutrition.com. They've been the first company that ever stood behind our programming, and they still do today. You can use our code THINK to let you know that you support what we're doing. Plus, you get a discount on their stuff. Uh, all high-quality third-party tested supplements. Supplementsource.ca for our Canadians. And, of course, Patreon. Thank you, guys. You're freaking awesome. We gave you a bunch of Patreon questions today. Comment over to Patreon. We'll be happy
3: to cover them here. Did you like that? <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.